Uh, morning, Coach. I just wanted to ask you how critical it was uh, for your defense to consistently get off the field on third down yesterday. Um, yeah, of course. Those are those are such big plays. Really, it's not turnovers, but it's probably the next closest thing. So, um, yeah, very important. Um, our our defense has done a done a good job of that all year. Um, I know the assistant coaches have done a great job with it, and players have done a great job of executing in those situations. Dallas, um, as we know, is very very good in those situations. Um, they have a a very good scheme, uh, so they you know, they cause you a lot of problems um, just schematically as they did yesterday. And then, of course, you have a lot of a lot of tough players to cover. Very good offensive line um, and a good quarterback. So. That was a big challenge for us. I thought our guys really stepped up and and uh, met it. Um, you know, we tried to disguise, and uh, you know, I thought that the mixture of you know coverages was, uh, you know, we tried to try to make it hard on them. But you know, I mean, in the end, you you know, you got to cover them and you got to be able to rush the passer and all that. It's I don't, I don't think they were anywhere we really confused them, but I think, you know, we just try to make it as hard on them as we could. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, next question, Mike Petraglia, followed by Michael Hurley. Thanks, Stacey. Uh, good morning, Bill. Um, wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you about Marcus Cannon, and I know you uh, gave him quite a bit of praise, and deservedly so, uh, at the end of the press conference after the game. But my question is, you know, what kind of fine line do you and the training staff and, and the whole, you know, coaching staff have to walk when you're trying to evaluate a player like Marcus who might be right on the border, um, you know, in terms of being available, given what he went through during the uh, week of practice and, uh, you know, what he was uh, battling game day? Uh, yeah, well, right, it's um... – you, you've really identified the problem, and the answer to the question is each situation is a little bit different, and it just try to you know, do the best that you can. Um, we're all working together on this, the, the player, uh, the medical staff, and uh, the coaching staff. So unless the player is cleared medically, there's no conversation to be had. Um, if the player is cleared medically, then then it, you know, enters into some element of a coaching player conversation. So, uh, as I said, each one's different, and, um, and you try to try to do the best you can. If I could follow up, Bill, is there a level of trust that factors in as well? I mean, obviously, coach. Yeah, absolutely. That's, many years. Yeah. And... Right. No, that's absolutely right, Mike. You you hit it there. It's one thing to have that conversation with a player who's inexperienced um, and, you know, doesn't may, – may not really even know where they're at, uh, let alone what's what's the right thing to do in the totality of the situation. And then there's there are players that, you know, have a great deal of experience uh, and possibly have been through this situation before or one similar to it, or uh, maybe they observed a teammate uh, in a similar situation. So that definitely – plays into it and um, yeah experience is a big a big help in a situation like that 
Thanks, Bill. You know, as it is with our, our training staff and our coaching staff, it's not like that's the first time this has ever happened. It's, it's happened multiple right. times already this year. So, um, and again, sometimes that factors into the game plan and, you know, what what the what the person's what the per nature of the person's injury is and what his uh, expectations would be, what his role would be, and so forth. So that 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 could be part of it too. Terrific, thanks, Bill. Yeah, you're welcome, Mike. Next question, Michael Hurley, followed by Tom Curran. Hi, Bill. I uh, just had a question about the end of the game. It was kind of a unique situation there where. Uh, you end up having to throw the ball into the sky to try to kill the clock. But I was wondering what happened there because it looked like the kneel down, Tom kind of took hesitated a couple seconds, but no time came off the clock, and then they drained one second. I was wondering if you could explain uh, from your perspective what happened there that, that led to Dallas getting the ball at the end. Uh, I mean, I wasn't paying uh close attention to the clock. That's the clock operator's job. There's really nothing I can do about that. Um, on the final play, um, I mean, my expectation was that that play was going to take five seconds. Um, only four ran off. I'm not sure exactly what happened on that. I, I know it's not more than five. Um, certainly it could be less than that, like a spike, for example, would take less than five seconds. So not sure exactly. I think you'd have to ask um, the league how they officiated that play and and how exactly the timing worked. But um, we knew it was going to come down. Um, we knew it was going to be close there with Dallas, you know, using their remaining timeouts and the amount of time we had left. Um, and you know, whether to try to run plays or just be not risk ball handling in that. Um, in the conditions or, you know, getting the ball potentially uh, stripped or punched out or anything like that. Um, we felt like taking the knee was the, the safest way to go and and just to, you know, force a, a one-play situation that we ended up having to de defend anyway, but we were kind of prepared for that. Um, but the way the final seconds ticked off with five seconds to go, we, you know, we thought that play would end it, but um, it didn't. So to answer your question, no, I don't have a great explanation for that. I think that's something that would have to come from um, the officials. Gotcha. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Our next question, Tom Kern, followed by Phil Perry. Hey, Bill. Um, you mentioned Tom? right at the outset of your comments last night that field position played such a major role. And I was wondering just about a couple of different plays that maybe you saw that I looked at and said those are, seemed really big. Did you agree? The first was the punt exchange when your rush seemed to confuse them. They took a five-yard penalty. Then they had an illegal shift. You initially had no return of back. You ended up saving 20 yards there. And then the completion to Julian, um, first the third and 20, and then also there was a 23-yard gain late that allowed you to erase about another two and a half minutes off the clock. Those seemed like really big plays that didn't directly lead to points, but can you just go through some of your thinking and how you thought those fit into the, the major picture of the game? Uh, well, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's uh, those plays did factor into field position and, uh, as you said, uh, the conversions 
offensively, um, you know, helped us on the clock management side of it. Uh, but, you know, on, on the punt, um, I mean, look, if you get a punt block, um, I think the next time you punt, uh, you're just a little more aware of another potential problem. Um, and so we tried to, you know, keep the pressure on that pump block that we had came early in the game. So we, we tried to keep the pressure on that phase of the game. And uh, sometimes those, if you have a, a bad play early, uh, that could possibly lead to another bad play if you can, you know, create some indecision or uh, maybe communication or something that that could cause your opponent's problems. So, um, so we, you know, after the delay on the first play, then we gave him a look the second time that, um, as you said, was an aggressive look, and they were trying to shift their gunners and so forth, and uh, don't think they got set on that. So that backed them up, and then, you know, with the, the continuation of the look, um, and it wasn't a great punt, which, again, if you have to punt two or three times in the conditions that we had yesterday, it's pretty unlikely that all three of them are going to be, or both of them are going to be, you know, great punts. So I thought Rex made a real good decision on a, you know, a shorter, uh, low hang time punt. And you're right, it saved us some field position there. Yeah, the other two plays, as you said, being able to convert offensively to stay on the field to you know, run more time and, and gain field position. We Defensively, uh, we, we played on a long field most of the night, or all night, really. Um, and that's a result of the kicking game and not, not turning the ball over offensively. Um, and good kickoff coverage, that helped us as well. Uh, we could have, you know, again, the conditions weren't great. We had the one, one punt down inside the 10. Had a couple other ones that were close. Um and so, you know, we I think possibly could have had a little better field position than we did, but overall, you know, Dallas is on a long field, and that's on on a night like last night, it's just hard to put together. You know, and Dallas is one of the best teams in the league at long drives. It's just hard to put it together, you know, with all the elements. It was it was fun to watch, just the, the chess match of it. So thank you very much. Uh, next question, Phil Perry, followed by Nick O'Malley. Hey, Bill, this is um, sort of a follow-up to um, Jim's question earlier about third down, but you said, you know, many times to us in the past that you know, what happens on third down obviously uh, is related to what happens on, on first and second down. I wanted to ask you about a, a second down play. I'm sort of putting you on the spot here, but it was the first play of the second quarter right before Gilmore's interception. And uh, it looks like <clears throat> Devin McCourty made an adjustment to something that he saw Prescott do at the line of scrimmage right before the snap. And the broadcast team sort of highlighted that adjustment and, and how uh, it might have helped the play. But I wanted to ask you, um, it looks like sort of a prescient um, reaction on, on, on McCourty's part. It, was there something there that, that you saw that might have led Devin to make the change that he did? And I guess how valuable is it just to have players who can react 
to what they're seeing and hearing uh, maybe in real time and, and making the right decision in those moments. Uh, well, uh, Phil, just, you know, to accent the, the first point, um, th there were several, uh, I thought several big plays that helped us on third down um, early in the game when uh, Jamie and uh, Kyle and I think it was John Jones uh, tackled Elliott for about a three-yard loss on second and two or second and three, made it third and five. Uh, that was That was another big play for us that, uh, you know, created uh, a third and longer situation instead of a short yardage situation, which, again, with Dallas makes all the difference in the world. They're very good in those situations. So those second, first and second down plays where you can, you know, get get ahead in, in the series um, really help you on third down. Um, but, you know, our safety group of Duran, Devin, and, and uh, Pat, um those guys have played together for so long, um, and they have so much chemistry, uh, trust, and, and communication with each other uh, that it's really, they have a lot of freedom and flexibility to use the calls and use things that are available in our defensive system uh, to their advantage when different situations present themselves. And uh, some of that could be in disguise, some of it could be to try to you know, position ourselves better uh, against a certain type of look or formation. So, um, yeah, Devin and, and Duran and Pat, uh, and Terrence has done a good job of that too, uh, but he just doesn't have the same level of New England Patriot experience that, <laughs> that the O3 guys do. Um, so, and John and, and Steph, um, you know, when you add them in there too in the entire secondary, I mean, we just had a lot of snaps together, a lot of meetings together, a lot of walkthroughs together, a lot of practices together and and so they they're able to you know work well with each other and and uh you know use their positions and alignments to complement uh what we're trying to do or something maybe that we've done um a play or two before to make it you know look a little differently this time around so um, but yeah Devin Devin Duran and Pat do that on a on a regular basis really and it's it's a, a great luxury as a coach to, to have players uh, that can make those kind of adjustments. And, and Hightower and Collins and Roberts and Bentley and Van Noy, um, Simon, those, they do the same thing on the line of scrimmage. Uh, so it's, it's very, you know, when they see something, uh, there's no way as a coach that, or I'd say it's hard as a coach before the teams even come out, to, out of the huddle you know, and you make a call to to know what you're going to be dealing with, whereas after the formation breaks and you can see where the players are aligned and, you know, who's in the slot and is the back quarterback under center and the shotgun and is the back offset to the tight end or away from the tight end and how wide are the splits and so forth and so on. Um, players can make adjustments at that point in time that are uh, a lot could be a lot more advantageous than anything you could try to do as a coach prior to that uh, when the guys are still in the huddle and you have to make the call. So we're very fortunate that we have a such a group of um, <clears throat> instinctive and and players that have great you know communication and 
and ability to you know recall situations and you know get us in the right in, in the best spot we can be in on on some of those. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, you're welcome, Phil. Uh, next question, Nick O'Malley. <clears throat> Morning, Bill. Hey, Nick. Uh, I want to ask you about the sequence before halftime where you guys got the ball back with about uh, two and a half minutes left. I was curious about your approach with the clock management in that situation. It seemed like you guys were taking your time. You ran the, the one run play and let the clock run to the two-minute warning and ran some more running plays and let the clock run out. What's the sort of cost-benefit, uh, risk-benefit analysis there in terms of are you guys trying to bleed the clock out so the Cowboys don't get the ball back in that situation? And how much does the the field position and the time in that scenario weigh uh, versus trying to get get the points before halftime? All, all those factors are important, um, and they would vary from situation to situation, game to game. Um, you know, when, when you have the ball and you have three timeouts. Um, Time's usually not that big of a factor. Uh, you know, when you can stop the clock three times, you you know you pretty much have control of the situation. So, uh, having a little less time and having the, the complement of timeouts gives you quite a bit of flexibility. Um, a lot more so than if you didn't have timeouts. Uh, at the same time, you know Dallas had their full complement of timeouts. They had uh, three, and uh, let's say the wind. Um, was favorable to uh, Dallas in the second quarter, uh, going away from the lighthouse, going into the close down. So they have a you know great field goal kicker. You know Mars already made four kicks over 60 yards. He had the you know the 62 yarder against the Jets when Dallas got the ball back with like 25 seconds to go in the second quarter. Completed uh, you know two passes. And kicked the 62-yard uh, field goal right before the half. So against a team like Dallas, um, any time they got the ball before the half, even if with you know, like I said, 20, 25 seconds, one completion and they're in field goal range. Uh, so you know, we we weren't looking to give them opportunities. At the same time, we we're trying to balance that with you know, giving ourselves the best chance to score. And so. Uh, you know, that's that's really what it what it came down to. You know, we ended up with a field goal attempt on the last play of the half and I mean that was I'd say the best you know, the best you could do sort of scoring a touchdown and you know, we just weren't able to convert it. Um but that's in terms of the clock management I thought Josh and you know and Tom did a good job of you know, getting the team into a potential scoring position there we just weren't able to capitalize on. Thanks, Bill. Yep, you're welcome. It looks like the uh, the last question here will go to Mark Daniels. Go ahead, Mark. Thanks, Stacy. Hey, Bill, how are you? Good, Mark. Um, on, I was wondering on Stephon Gilmore's interception. First, what what do you see on that play when you know you look back at it today? And with Steph, how much of his success on field comes from his his study habits? It, it seems like when we talk to him after games a lot of these plays that he makes, he sort of recognizes the routes from either earlier in the game or, you know, or just from, you know, from, from watching study and, and how much of that do you think just benefits him and, you know, his play on the field? 
Yeah, I think you know a combination of of those two, uh, Mark. He, you know, Steph studies the receivers in the passing game uh, very diligently. He's he's very professional and uh, has a great, uh, I would say, passion for just knowing everything about the players that he's matched up against, player players uh, that he could be matched up against, um, and. You know, he has a great deal of confidence and trust in other members of the secondary, uh, other corners and safeties. And so when there are adjustments and calls to be made, um, you know, he's he's right on those as well. Uh, and, you know, we look, studying film is, is a great part of the preparation, and sometimes that can be very helpful. Um, there are other times when teams will do something differently, uh, in in the game than they've done in practice or done it or not in practice but they, they've done in previous games and maybe those plays were set up to take advantage of something that a different opponent was doing so um, there are some in-game adjustments and in-game uh, things that after you you know a player you played against the guy you're matched up against for um, a certain period of time a quarter or a few series or whatever it is and you know you maybe start to get a little better feel of of that matchup and also maybe what they're trying to do in this game compared to other games that you've studied. Uh, so, you know, it's all goes into a big, you know, individual calculation. Um, but Steph's very good at that. And, and, you know, we talk during the game and, you know, he, he'll say things during the game. This is, you know, what I thought it was going to be, or sometimes it's uh, they're not really doing what we practiced against or what we saw on film. They're they're trying to do something a little bit different and so forth. So, uh, again, it, it varies a little bit from game to game, but he, he's on it regardless of what they what it is, whether it's something new or or a continuation of tendencies. He's he's right on top of it, and, and uh, you know, we communicate that to the other guys on the team, the safeties to Devin and Duran. Um, where they may or may be involved in in combination calls or or coverages with the corners, and you know, kind of talk about how we're gonna how we're gonna handle it the next time it comes up. So he's he does a great job of that. And again, it's all of the above. It's not necessarily any one thing because it it could vary from week to week. There are games where teams do things that are different than what we've seen them do on film, and we have to be able to adapt to those. But on, and on that individual play, it was obviously a great, mm-hmm. you know, great play. Um, you know, his timing it was, I mean, one of the hardest catches. I, it would have been a good play for him to knock that pass down. And, you know, he was able to, you know, to extend and lay out and, you know, be able to to complete the catch. Um, that, was, that was an outstanding play. It's probably one of the best plays we've had all year. Awesome, Bill. Thanks so much. Okay, you're welcome, Mark. Thank you.